Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. The topic for today's message is called Obedience is Hard. I, I, I understand. So don't, don't, don't think that I'm just trying to make everybody feel guilty. No, I'm, I'm here to tell you that we need obedience, but obedience is hard. And I want to help us, you know, to be able to overcome the hardship of obedience so that it becomes a little bit easier. We feel a little bit more motivated to obey. And I want us to turn to some scripture today. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 21, verse 28 to 31. Matthew 21, verse 28 to 31. And, uh, you know, everyone doing okay? Yeah? Amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, everyone in the chat doing okay? Cool. All right. I, I was told last week, uh, you know, some people gave me feedback. They said, that, Pastor, you don't look at the camera enough. So I'm trying to look at the camera a bit more. So Matthew 21, verse 28 to 31 tells us this, right? It's a parable that Jesus shared. Let's, let's read it together. But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. Okay. But afterward, he regretted it and went, went to work. Then he came to the second and said likewise. And he answered and said, I will go, sir. But he did not go. Jesus now asked us, which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, the first. Amen. You know, so let's pause that for a while. We all understand that we are not saved by works. You know, we, we, we are safe. Our, our sins are forgiven. Our past is erased, not because we did a lot of good works and, and God forgave us. So we are not saved by works, but we are saved to work. You know, Jesus tells us this. A father tells his sons. These are his sons. These are people that belong to him, not outsiders. It's not like the father went to hire two random people off the street. No, no, no. Look to the two sons. And God wants us as His children, as His sons and daughters to work, to bring in the harvest. And, and, and here you have two responses. You know, you have the first son that goes, and I won't. You know, how many have been there before? God whispers in your ear, serve me, my son. You know, sign up as an usher, volunteer, you know, to bake a cake, you know, go to homes. Oh, ouch. You know, it's online now. It's so easy to go to homes. You're just going to click the link, click the link. And then we go like, no, I will not. You know, and, and, and suddenly now, you know, instead of coming to church on Sunday, Sunday now is brunch time. Ooh, ouch. Is it getting real? You know, if it's real, just, just, just you know, wave, you know. Maybe that's what we should do. We should just start passing out handkerchief to everyone. And, uh, you know, if, if, if it touches you, just, just wave. And we just, we just go full on Pentecostal, okay? Uh, anyway. You know, so, so sometimes we go, God challenges us and we go, no, no. But praise God, then the Holy Spirit says and nags and then we go, okay, okay, I will, I will. Sorry, we regret. Sorry, Lord. I shouldn't have said that. Sorry, Lord. I shouldn't have skipped home. Sorry, Lord. I shouldn't have uh, uh, not given to the offering. Sorry, Lord. I will now be obedient. And then sometimes on the other hand, we are, and I'm not sure which sibling, which son that you relate to more. The one that says, I will not, and then do it. Or the one that says, I will. And then you never do it. And then Jesus says, which one do you think the Father is looking for? We all know the first one. What is Jesus trying to tell us? He's trying to tell us that it's not just who you believe in, 
but how you behave. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not just about what you believe in. It's also about how you behave. Come on, do it. Turn to your neighbor and say that. You know, it's not just about who you believe in, but how you behave. Amen? It's not enough to just, oh, I'm a child of God. They're both sons. But God is looking. How many of you want God's eyes to land on you? I know for some of you, that's a very scary thought. Oh, Jesus, don't, don't, don't. Don't look into my life right now. But, but for some of us, you know, you're, you're in so much pain that you feel like God's eyes are away from you and you go like, God, please. And, and God is saying that, yeah, believe. But also, allow your belief to change your behavior. You know, you don't have to change your behavior to believe. But after believing, you've got to start changing your behavior because you've been born again. You know, Jesus then further says this, another scripture. i got many scriptures for us today. So those of us who love scripture, rejoice. In John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus says this, clear as day. If you love me, keep my commandments. What, what is Jesus looking for? Is he just looking for love? You know, God's not some needy old deity up in heaven. Oh, mankind has forgotten me. Please sing some songs. No, 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 no. God is saying that if you love me, don't just sing it, don't just talk it, don't just say it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Again, what is God looking for? Just, no, just obedience? No. Just love? No. Love and obedience. And when you love, you will naturally want to obey, want to submit, want to serve. And this is what Jesus is saying. If you love me, don't just talk about it. If you love me, don't just tweet about it. If you love me, keep my commands. Amen? You know, and, and then, you know, finally, one more scripture, just to, just to bring it home, just to bring it home, that God's heart is for us to grow in our obedience. And I'll, I'll get to how to, you know, obey uh, uh, but Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. We're familiar with this. This is called the Great Commission. Uh, but let's go a little bit detail into it. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. You know, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's what we live for in Acts Church. You know, that's why when we come to church, you see, let's you know we're part of a larger church family. Why? You know, because, you know, we got nothing better to do. No, because we are obeying the Great Commission. And God is saying that going to all the world. And traditionally, you know, maybe coming from the, from, from the east, uh, eastern side of the world, we, we tend to think, oh, missionary is, is the Western world's responsibility, but it's every church's responsibility. And, and this is something that we believe in. You know, that's why we are in London, but we're also in Bristol. That's why we're also in Edinburgh. You know, that's why we are also praying about maybe starting something in Cambridge. And who knows where God will bring us to. There's still one continent that, you know, we haven't had an ex church there yet. I'm not saying that we have to do it. You know, we have to fill every continent. But, but you know, you know my, my hope is one day we can also pray for, you know, ex-America. Wow, whether that's Canada... Or, or, you know, wherever, or South America, that's fine as well, you know, but, but America, that's the whole Americas. Anyway, so the Great Commission is not just about going, it's not just about baptizing all important things, but verse 20, teaching them to observe, underline observe, all things that I have commanded you. 
Some translations say, when you say observe, you know that it means follow, right? And some translations, the NIV and NLT, other things will directly just say obey. So it's not just teaching them to obey. So, so it's not just teaching. Now turn to your neighbor and says, it's not just more teaching. It's more obedience. A lot of us, we think that, oh, make disciples. I want to grow in my faith. I, I want to be a disciple in Christ. So I want more teaching, more teaching. I'm downloading more teaching. You know, I'm attending more conferences for more teaching. I'm going for more Bible studies for more teaching. You know, I'm buying more books for more teaching, deeper teaching. We change church for teaching. But is it teaching? No, it's obedience. Teaching is good. Teaching is needed. But all teaching and no obedience is incomplete. Teaching them to obey. So the key word is not just about teaching them about God, it's teaching them to obey. You know, all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you, even to the end of the age. And so this is again a reminder, you know, that God is saying to His people, I love you and I want you to grow. But don't think that growth is just more teaching, it's more obedience. Don't just think that you're doing okay. You know, I have a father-in-law who loves me. You know, God has two sons, but He's looking for the one that does His will. And Jesus, you know, clear as day says it, if you love me, just keep my commands. Just, just do what I say. And, and I know that this is stuff that we know we ought to do, but this is the tricky thing about obedience. It's, 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 it's the, it's, obedience is doing what we already know. And that is hard. And you don't need to be spiritual about it, right? Those of us who have lost our weight, I wouldn't say lost weight, those of us who have uh, changed our diets, you know, whether to lose weight for health reasons or for spiritual reasons, because fast and pray, you will know that changing your eating habits, nothing spiritual about it. That's it. That's that's you'll go completely just superficial, right? Maybe, you know, uh, you're thinking to yourself, man, this summer lockdown has made me gain some pounds. I need to, I need to train and, and, you know, come up for, I don't know, I need to start working on my beach board for next year's summer right now. And you start, you know, hitting the gym. You start changing the way you eat. How many know that signing up for gym membership is one thing? Going is another. And going to work out is another. <laughs> because sometimes you can go there and use the facilities. Oh, free towels, thank you. Oh, free refills of uh, energy drinks, thank you. Free Wi-Fi, thank you. But, you know, so, so we know, right? Those of us who had to change our eating habit before, those of us who fast, go out on a fast, I'm giving up meat, but ooh... God, your God was merciful, right? God, you know, after all, fasting is about the heart. It's not about the action. It's not really about the 21 days. I heard Pastor Dave say that so many times before, you know. It's not about 21 days. It's just about, you know, devotion to God. So God, I'll start tomorrow. God, I'll start tomorrow. You know, those of us who, how many of you have uh, cut sugar from your life before? Anyone? Anyone, right? It's hard, isn't it? The moment you go like, I'm going to cut sugar from your life, it feels like the demonic spirit of sugar hears you. And then suddenly you're walking down Oxford Street and they're giving you free Coca-Cola. Here, here, have one. It's free, free, free Coke Zero. It's got zero sugar. And then you go there, God, it's got zero sugar, right? This, I mean, right, right? But, you know, it's got all the other stuff. But you know what I'm saying. Obedience is hard. And God began to give me this picture 
And I want to demonstrate this picture to you to, to help us understand. Do you know why obedience is hard? It's because we're going about it the wrong way. And if we had a church prop department, I'll probably get them to, to drive a car in, but we don't have. So, so, so imagine this pulpit. I'm not sure if the camera can catch it, but imagine this pulpit is a car, right? And uh, imagine, and God show me this picture. He said, do you know a lot of Christians find obedience hard? And I go like, yes, Lord, I'm one of them. And, and, then, and then the Holy Spirit said, and, and, and because a lot of Christians go around, and, and this is the car representing our lives, and a lot of us as Christians, we are outside pushing it, right? We are like this. And then God says that this picture I'm showing you, you know, this person, this Christian pushing the car called life, you know, it's not because the car has broken down. It's because this Christian thinks that that's how you obey. And a lot of us think that obedience is pushing ourselves to overcome. Pushing ourselves to give up, you know, on things that we ought to give up. Pushing ourselves to go to church. Pushing ourselves to serve. Pushing ourselves to read the Bible. Pushing ourselves to do devotion. Come on. How many of you have been there before, right? You pushed yourself to read the Bible. You pushed yourself to serve. You pushed yourself to come to church. You know, and, and, and don't get me wrong. Pushing. If a person pushes a car, does the car move forward? Yes. It does, right? But will it go far? No. And, and the Holy Spirit began to teach me and go like, a lot of times we, we do this, I'm going to do it one more time, just, just for the camera of the people online, okay? Feel free to meme this, okay? So, so, so this is your life. You're trying to push. Oh, God, I'm trying to go to church. God, I want to give more. God, I'm going for missions. And we think that this is obedience. And that's why we are inconsistent in obedience. And God began to say that, but... I want you to teach my people once of the, the car that is our life, once the driver was our flesh, the navigator was the devil, our destination was the world, and our fuel, it was sin. But now that you've come to know Christ, now that you've believed in God, ran to Him, gave your life to Him. God is saying that now, you know, the, it's the Holy Spirit that's your co-pilot. And your fuel now is the grace of God. And your destination is the kingdom. And the way for the car to move forward is not by pushing it, but by getting behind the wheel. And so, many times we think that obedience is about pushing but God is saying obedience is about letting Him in. Turn to your neighbor and say, obedience is about letting God in. Amen. Right? You know, we think that obedience is, is it's hard. It's a hard, pushing, pushing. But it's about letting God in, specifically letting, in, letting God into our hearts. So I want you to, you know, write, write this down. Say, it's not hard obedience, H-A-R-D, but heart obedience, H-E-A-R-T. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not hard, it's heart. Learn to pronounce your words, hard, heart. Let's allow God in. 
you know, stop trying to push yourself towards obedience. Let God in. Let the Holy Spirit in. If I were to ask you, do you love the Holy Spirit? You, most of us would say, yes, I love the Holy Spirit. Do you need the Holy Spirit? Yes, I need the Holy Spirit. If I were to ask you, in the car called your life, where is the Holy Spirit? That's a different question altogether. That's a different... Some of us would go like, the Holy Spirit is in, the, in, in my trunk. You know, when I, when I have my breakdowns, then I ask Spirit break out. No Spirit break out in my breakdowns. And then we have the, ah, the whole world hates me. And then you go outside, your car is raining, raining judgment, raining other people's opinion, raining depression. And then you go to the back, and they take out the spare tire called the Holy Spirit. And you go, the Holy Spirit, now please get me to my destination. But that's not where the Holy Spirit belongs. You know? And then you might say, that, oh, Pastor, I know this. The Holy Spirit is my navigator. And the Holy Spirit is the one that is, you know, telling me where to go next. Then the question is, are you obedient? Because, you know, many times, you know, how many of you have driven? Maybe not a lot of us have driven. Some of us who drive, you use the GPS. And, uh, you know, it, it suggests you go down this road, but sometimes we don't. We think that, no, 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 no. I know that's a shortcut. And then the, the shortcut cuts you. Cuts you short, really. <laughs> And then you go like, oh, I, should have, I should have followed the GPS. I should have followed GPS. How many of us have gotten speeding tickets before? The GPS tells us, boop, boop, this is a 20-mile area. We go like, what kind of animal lives in the 20-mile area? Blah, 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 blah. And then we get a ticket. <laughs> and then we go like, if only I was obedient to the beeping of the Holy Spirit. Let, you know, so which, which is my, my point number one is this, just in case you still don't know yet. Point number one, let the Holy Spirit in. Let the Holy Spirit in. Obedience is hard, but let's learn to let the Holy Spirit in. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit our helper. Obedience is hard. So God help me and God says, I, I, I am. I have sent you my helper called the Holy Spirit. Stop fighting Him. Stop resisting Him. And, and yes, God speaks to us through His Word. You know, God's commanding Scripture is powerful. You know, His Word is a, is, is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Very true. But God also compels us with His Holy Spirit. And many times I find that, you know, we, we know a lot. So like I said, it's not about the teaching, you know, but it's about the obeying. And it's the Holy Spirit that, that helps nudges us, helps remind us to obey. How many of you have been there before where you felt a little nudging from the Holy Spirit? Yeah? A little nudging to, to, to pray. You know, how many of you have been there before where you are maybe watching Netflix and then you suddenly feel Holy Spirit says, pray. I want you to know right there and then, that's definitely the Holy Spirit. If you ever go like, I don't know how the Holy Spirit sounds like, the, the voice that tells you to pray, the voice that tells you to give, the voice that tells you to serve, the voice that tells you to honour God, the voice that tells you to love your neighbour, that's the Holy Spirit. And you know, tune into that. And then, and then, you know, follow His frequency. You know, recently I had the same thing. I was, you know, uh, uh, you know on my bed, you know, doing the very spiritual thing of just falling down the the rabbit hole of YouTube, you know, watching random videos after random videos. How many have been there before? Right? Maybe some of you landed on our live stream because you were falling down your, your, at the right place, right time. And, and, and one time, you know, recently I still remember Pastor Cat was, uh, was out uh, counselling, meeting up with someone, uh, you know, maybe going, and, and at that time, I didn't know it was counselling. 
I just, you know, Pastor Cat meeting up with someone. Fine. So I was at home, you know, watching YouTube. And then I felt the Holy Spirit say, pray. And right then, then, oh, I'm not sure how many have been there before, but I was like, oh God, I'm in the middle of the YouTube. Sometimes we got to pause and, and, and check ourselves and go like the, the dumb things we tell the Holy Spirit. I'm in the middle of my YouTube. Something that you can pause. Something that's there. You know, you can watch it anytime. And there we go like, but God, I'm in the middle of my... And I said that. And then the Holy Spirit said, pray. And then, and then that right there and then I knew this, this is, you know, this is not the flesh. Right? Because the flesh will ask you, keep watching. The flesh won't ask you to stop YouTube and do your devotion or stop YouTube and pray. And so I go like, oh, I think this, this is serious. Okay. Turn it off. Pray, 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 pray. Then I go, I think it's safe to now go back, you know. I think, I think the anointing is strong enough that, you know, whatever Pastor Kelly is counseling, I believe the Word of God has been spoken. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Time to go back to my toilet reviews. And, and, then, and then as I'm about to click on it, the Holy Spirit said, pray some more. And, and, and this is how we learn obedience. You know, we, we want to be obedient in the big stuff. But God teaches us through the small lessons. And until we let God in through the small, we will never be obedient to the big. Oh, that's so good. Write it down. Until you let God in on the small, we will not be able to be obedient to the big. And, and, and we are reminded of this because, you know, many times like I said, we try to push, but the Bible reminds us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says this, and we quote it many times, right? Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Many times we quote this when we tell people, oh, the reason why I don't eat fatty foods is because the body is, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The reason why I don't drink is because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The reason why I don't smoke is because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Because I, you know, go to exercise. Because I know the reason why I'm on the keto diet is because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. But that's not what it means. What it means is this. Hey, friends, your body is the temple and it is the Holy Spirit that powers you. And, and, and unless you allow the Holy Spirit to power you, you will never have strength to do anything. You will never have strength to obey. You will never have strength to wake yourself up. How many of us always say, I'm going to wake up earlier this year. I'm going to wake up earlier. And on top, if, if that's not hard enough, we add on Christian things to do. I'm going to wake up earlier. Sounds so spiritual. To do my devotion to the Lord. Wow. I wanted His voice to be the first thing I hear. Wow. But if we can't even let the small in, how do we be obedient to the big? And God is saying that your body is a temple and it, in other words, you need the Holy Spirit more than you realize. You know, it didn't say that your, your, your body survives on carbohydrates. It didn't say your body survives on, you know, I don't know, YouTube, Netflix. It says your body, the, 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 the one that dwells in it is now the Holy Spirit. Without Him, you are powerless. With Him, you have all the power you need. And this is what we need to remind ourselves. Man, i got to stop pushing myself and allow the Holy Spirit in. And when the Holy Spirit is in, I'm pulled by His nudging. I'm pulled by Him to be obedient. I'm pulled by Him to be submissive. I'm pulled by the Holy Spirit. Amen? You know, read His Word. It's good. 
but the Holy Spirit compels us as well. I wrote here, do not ignore the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe for some of us, do not ignore the nagging of the Holy Spirit. Because <laughs> maybe for some of us, God has already been speaking. And this is the danger. Let me go sidetrack a little bit. A lot of us, we know what's the right thing to do, yet we choose not to be obedient. And, as, and I'm not trying to judge people, but as a pastor, I love everyone that walks into church, but I also know that a lot of people are willfully disobedient. They know that whatever they're doing right now, they know that the addiction that they're bonded to is not good for them and is against the Word of God, yet they think that it's okay. It's okay. Never, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push it aside. I'm going to push it aside. Some of us are in relationships that God doesn't want us to be in. And yet we tell ourselves that it's okay. My love will, will cause the person to love Christ. It's not okay. And the problem is this. Once we start pushing the Holy Spirit's voice back, I wonder what else are we missing out? You know, if we start pushing Him away from His reminder to be obedient in the small, we're going to miss out. In other words, we are disqualifying ourselves. God's not pushing us away. We are pushing Him away. And yet, on one hand, we say, God, I want to be more sensitive to you. And God says that, would you do your to-do list first? I've been nagging you these five things for the last five years. God, I want to be more sensitive to you, Holy Spirit. Do the five things I have spoken. Until you begin to let me in, you can't be more sensitive. So let's not just throw Christian jargons around, I want to be more sensitive, I want to be more spirit-filled. Yeah, be more spirit-filled. The word for spirit, being filled by the Spirit is to be filled, to be constantly filled again and again and again and again. And to do that, we've got to let the Holy Spirit in. Think of the Holy Spirit not just as our, our navigator for our, the, this journey called life, but He's also the one that fuels us. You know, think we are, we are hybrid, you know? you know. I know there are electric cars out there, diesel cars, unleaded cars, but, but Christians, we are a hybrid. We are powered by the Holy Spirit, but also by the love of God and the grace of God. It is both the grace of God, the relationship with Christ, and also obedience to the Holy Spirit that, that, that propels us forward. Amen? Point number two is this. Let the love of God in. Let the love of God in. After you let the Holy Spirit in, let the love of God. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 to 40. You know, Matthew 22, 36 to 40. We are familiar with this. Uh, and uh, let me do a little bit of teaching. You know, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? You know, which are the greatest? And Jesus summarized them. Oh, and by the way, you know, uh, um, I feel led to, uh, and I've checked this with Pastor Kenneth, he's okay with it. Uh, and uh, I, I'm, I'm planning to launch a 10-part sermon series. I've never done a 10-part sermon series. But I'm planning to launch a 10-part sermon series on the Ten Commandments. Uh, and then we're going to go, you know, in the weeks to come, maybe starting from this coming Sunday. We'll, we'll take breaks, so don't, don't be afraid. Oh, every week, Ten Commandments, no, no, no. And every week, we will cover one commandment. Uh, and, uh, you know, we will be talking about why God gave it and how does it resonate to us today. Because Jesus says, I did not come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill it. 
So if Jesus didn't abolish that law, it means that we, we, that, that law still resonates. And so, you know, anyway, just, just, just throwing out there since we're talking about commandments, right? But Jesus summarizes it. Jesus said to him, right? All the commandments, let me summarize it for you. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all, all the law and the prophets. If you look at the Ten Commandments in, in the weeks to come, we will, you realize that it's really two things. It's really about our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. And so Jesus is 100% accurate when He says that, you know, love God with your all and love your neighbor as yourself. And on this, hang all. Why, why, why am I going here when we're talking about obedience? Because what does obeying God mean? obeying His commands. And, and, and God is giving us the shortcut to obedience, love. Love. Do you see the motivator? Love God, love your neighbor. And, and, and until you let God's love into your life, you will struggle to obey. Because, you know, God wants us to know this, that hey, don't just obey to be loved. That's not what Jesus is saying. Don't obey to be loved, but God is saying, because you are loved, obey. You see, when you don't know someone, when you have no experience with someone, it is so easy for us to be, you know, um, to be second-guessing their intentions. Let's say, for example, right? Yesterday, uh, I was hanging out with some church members and they were saying that, Pastor, is everything okay? And I go like, yeah, yeah, why? Because I was wearing my face mask. You see, because we can't see your full face, we only see your eyes, you look like you're very angry. And, and then I go like, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking of, of my sermon, just trying to put it together, and, you know, a bit nervous about everything going live on stream. Everyone on stream okay? Give me a thumbs up, good. And I was like, oh, I'm just thinking through all this, and I'm just a bit nervous. And, and then they go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I figured so. They say, I figured so. Because uh, I remember, you know, when I first met you, and then the person said, when I first met you, you look very fierce all the time. And I thought that, you know, I was, that you were mad at me, that I was doing something wrong, that you were angry, I was so nervous, you know, I was, I was walking on eggshells when I'm around you. But as I got to know you, I realized that's just your thinking face. And I go, that's right, that's right. I have a very miserable thinking face. So if you look at me walking the street looking really miserable, uh, I could be miserable or I could be thinking, right? Uh, and and uh, anyway, come up and say hi. Either way, you're more than welcome to come up and say hi. And, and but just repeat that statement until I knew you. And as I knew you, as I experienced more of your friendship, more of your, as we did life together a little bit more, then I knew that that was just, how many of us struggle to obey because we don't believe in our heart of hearts that God has our best intentions? And we, we think that, God, why do I have to tithe? It's not because God wants your 10%. It's so that God can make your 90% supernatural. God knows that you need 100% of your pay. But when you give 10% to Him, you have a 10% hole in your life. But as you, those who give, you will realize that every month, that 10% hole, it doesn't exist. My 90% was able to meet my 100%. In fact, my 90% was able to go 150%. 
What's that? Supernatural. And so God is saying that, don't you see I love you? Don't you see I want to see every week a miracle in your bank account? And until you let God's love in, we will be second-guessing the things He asks us to do. So that's what I mean by let God's love in. You know, be powered by God's love as you drive down to His kingdom. Be powered by His love. Let God's love in. A lot of us, we're driving, we're trying to obey God, but we're running on empty. You know, we're, we're questioning God, do you really love me? Yes, He does. And until we let God's love in, we will be second-guessing, and obedience will just be harder and harder. No, and this is the thing. This is, this, and the devil knows this. What did the devil do when he first tempted Adam and Eve? God created man and woman and everything was perfect and God caused them to doubt His love for them. God doesn't want His best for you. God's threatened by you. God knows that if you eat of this, you will surpass Him. You will become just like Him. So He's keeping you under His feet. What's that? The devil is trying to rip God's love away. God gave everything. Everything. And yet, the devil causes us to look at the one thing we can't have. And this is what God's love is. We've got to be reminded, actually, God, I'm more loved. Yeah, I've got some restrictions in my life as a believer. Now that I'm born again, I can't live like how I used to live. I can't, I can't think like how I used to think. I'm a new person. And yet, we forget that actually I'm a new person. And this new person was bought by God's love. God didn't just zap me and make me a new person. God died for me. God's love came in. So how can I, if He loved me so much, how can He want to mess me up? How can He die on the cross for me? Go through hell for me. Rose from the grave for me. And want to mess me up. How, how can He, you know, bled for me? How can He, you know, how can He, you know, he took the slaps for me. He took the spit. He was tortured. Jesus was tortured. So how can he not want me to have, you know, fill in the blank. Sometimes you go like, God, you know, you know, I just want a man in my life. I just want a man. And then we think that, oh, no, God, you know, it's so horrible. How come my, you know, my friends are all getting hooked up and I'm not, you know. You know, the... the the one that gave his life for you, do you think he will not try to bless you with a life partner? And until you get a life partner, don't you think that he is all that you need? That Jesus is all the man you need? You know, God, I want a man who's ripped. Jesus is, hello, hi. <laughs> God, I want a man who will sacrifice for me. Jesus is, hi. <laughs> oh, I want a man who will speak God's stuff over me. Hello, <laughs> my name is Jesus. <laughs> I want someone who will carry me. Uh, hi, <laughs> Jesus again. God's love. Let His love in. The next time you struggle to obey, remind yourself, hey, I'm loved by God. And this obedience is not to deny me anything. This obedience, this, this thing that I cannot do, is not to deny me of pleasure, of enjoyment. God has already loved me and, and I have all that I need in Him. So if he says, I don't need this or I shouldn't touch this, then I don't need it. And, and, and we don't need to push ourselves. We just need to be reminded we are loved by God. Point number three is this. Let the church in. 
Now, I was thinking, oh, how should I talk? You know, obedience. I'm just thinking through my own life. And, and I'm thinking like, you know, oh yeah, accountability is good. But at the end of the day, it's not just about accountability partners. You see, as, as Christianity goes on, we, we, we take certain words and we, oh, I need an accountability partner. And, and sometimes we, we, you know, we, we, we just say the right things and maybe we get a friend and it just ends up just being a lot of chit-chat. And then we get, you know, and, and accountability is not just about confessing our weaknesses, it's about overcoming them. And a lot of us think that, oh, let me get a friend so that we can confess, 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 and then we, we end up keeping each other's secrets. But true accountability is putting yourself in an environment where you're surrounded by God-fearing people. People who have gone further in, in, in life than you in certain areas, who have testimony and has fruit of victory in those areas. You know, and, and, and I'm thinking no better place than the church. And, and, and church and is a place where you can find safety and it's not just the safety of accountability, it's also the inspiration of another person's victory that helps you to obey. You know, I'm, I'm looking back at my, my own life and, and, and I wouldn't be who I am today if I did not root myself in Acts Church all those years ago when I joined, when I was doing my A-levels. And I remember every week I was learning everything. It wasn't just Pastor Kenneth's preaching, but it was also Pastor Kenneth's testimonies. But after a while, it wasn't just Pastor Kenneth, it was also my friends. And, and, and the stuff that we go through together and how we overcame together. And, 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 and church began to be this beautiful picture of us uh, no, checking each other. And, and, and I used to be like so dumb. I and mean, can, can I just tell you how dumb? I'm just going to be so real with you. You're going to walk away thinking that, you know, you, you, you have the dumbest. <sighs> anyway, I, I used to have like no manners at all. And, and it wasn't like I was bad. I just had no input. And I still remember like we were hanging out in church and then I didn't have a watch. Uh, and, and I was like, oh, I, need, I need to know the time. Back then, there was no, you know, mobile phone. So, so there, was, there was a girl sitting next to me, and I literally did this, right? I literally grabbed the girl's, it's church, okay? But I still grabbed the girl's arm without asking her permission, grabbed her arm, and then, and then pulled her watch wearing arm to, to my hand, and then go like, oh, it's 8 o'clock. No, no, I wasn't on drugs, <laughs> just in case you're thinking, were you high? <laughs> no. We just finished prayer meeting. Uh, so if I was high, I was high, the most high. Uh, but, you know, but I still go like, oh, God. and I still remember this, this, this person who was also my home leader at the time. You know, she's uh, maybe one year older than me. Uh, and she go like, Dave, you can't just grab a girl's arm without asking for permission. And I go like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> I never did. It is in church that I learned respect. It is in church that I learned boundaries. It was in church that I learned being punctual. Oh man, you know who I learned punctuality from? Pastor Kenneth. Because if he says, uh, Dave, uh, let's catch up at 10 o'clock, he's there by 9.30. You know? And, and, and you know, you don't ever want to, uh, Pastor, I'll meet you at the coffee shop. And then, you know, when you're, when you're there, and, and, and at me at that time, it's like, oh, Pastor, I'm still finding car park. 
I'll be late. Actually, when you text someone that you'll be late, you'll actually late. <laughs> so when you say you'll be late as if you're not late yet, but then you're texting, texting them at, at five minutes after the appointed time and you go like, uh, I'll, uh, I'll be late as if you're not. Anyway, when I, I learned stewardship from people in church, you know, not like the rich people, oh, look at me, you know, I have five million and I'm invested and God gave me 10 million. <laughs> no, no, no. It's from the people who didn't have but still gave and I saw God break through in their life and I go like, wow, that inspires me to be obedient in the area of my finances. Wow, I'm looking at your obedience and the testimony and I'm learning that church. I'm learning from pastor and not just learning, I'm, I'm submitting myself to their leadership. You know, don't, don't, don't hate your home leader when they tell you that you need to be serving or they tell you you know, so all the home leaders in church, okay, I, I, I've got your back. You know, I'm, I'm just making myself the big target. <laughs> you know, don't, don't hate on them when they tell you like, hey, boundaries, please. Don't, don't, don't hate on them when they tell you, hey, think about your legacy. Don't, don't, don't hate on them when they tell you, hey, you know, that's not how you should be living. That's not how you should be doing. Don't, this is how, you know, let God's church in. Stop thinking that God's church is... It's plan B, C, D, E, F, G. It's always God's plan A. God says that, you know, upon this rock, I will build my church. Jesus came to die for us and to build His church. We are God's plan A. Amen. And so I want us to know, you know, oh, let me give you scripture, okay? So, so how do we look up for each other? Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Again, it talks about obedience. Owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. Owe no one anything except to love. That means that we owe each other love. Turn to your neighbor and say, I owe you love. I owe you love. So owe no one nothing except to love. And when you love, you fulfill all the commandments. See, when you love your brother, when you love your sister, you don't want them to suffer. Let me put it in, in, in this phrase that God gave it to me. Good friends won't allow each other to skip church. Good friends won't allow each other to not serve. Good friends won't allow each other to backslide. And then, can you imagine you come to church and you're surrounded by not just people who share the same belief, but people who owe you love. So, in other words, what do we do? Do we know if we see someone, you know, you know, if you see some church member in the street doing something they're not supposed to do, don't shame them. Don't go up to them like what I used to do. You know what I used to do? I used to walk around and I see a brother in church and he's, and he's out there smoking, right? This was like David Yao circa 2002. And you know what I'll do? I'll be like, I'll walk up to them, I'll, I'll take the cigarette, I can't, you know, I'll take the cigarette from their mouth and i break it. And I go like, this is wrong. That's not love. That's judgment. That's condemnation. The Bible says there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But we need to love. Yeah, you see someone, you see their weakness. We all have weaknesses. You see their weakness exposed. You see your brothers and sisters exposed. What do you do? You love them. You love them. You pray for them. 
you walk up to them, you ask them, how can I, hey, I, I saw, but brother, I love you. How can I help you to overcome? You know, have you spoke to your home leader about it? Don't, don't, don't be each other's secret keeper. Be each other's promise keeper. Don't go like, oh, Sam, I saw you smoking, but it's okay. <laughs> I smoke too. <laughs> so now we just tell pastor we're going out for fellowship. No, no, no. Go like, hey, brother, I saw that. First of all, I want you to know I love you. I don't judge you. You know, but you need to overcome. If you try speaking to pastor, you know, he looks angry all the time. No, 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 no. That's just his face. <laughs> but his heart is not like that. His face is angry, but his heart is kind. So come, come to God. That's, amen. And let me just sum this all up with just one last testimony from my own life. Speaking of obedience, one of my, you know, when I first became a Christian, I was like, I was young, I was 11 years old. I was like, you know, I came from a very broken background and, uh, and, and God just set me free, filled me with His love and, and I was, just wanted to live for Him. And as you grow in your faith, life comes along, challenges come along, obedience comes along. I still remember, um, I forgot which year it was, but I remember that our house had just gotten the internet. And back then, you know, not every house had the internet. You know, a friend's house had the internet. It was like pretty cool. So I had a friend and, oh, you got the internet. Let's come over. And, you know, we we're just like, you know, back then there was no Google. It was maybe Yahoo. And there was like GeoCities. And we were just like, you know, going around, checking out super retro 90s looking websites. And then me and my friend thought at that time, it would be hilarious, hilarious if we searched for pictures of Pamela Anderson, Pamela Anderson you know. And then we would, we would just dare each other. It, was, it started off as a dumb thing, like two high school kids. <laughs> hey, I dare you to search for stuff you're not supposed to search. <laughs> and then we, you know, anyway, little did we know that that search opened up this Pandora's box, this sin box called lust and pornography in my life. And, and what followed was, was years of, of just shame and guilt and struggling to obey God in this area. Struggling. Pushing myself to, to, to walk away. Yet every time I push, I feel being pulled back. And then I push. I, there will be days where I had the strength to push away the urges, and then there'll be days where I'm too weak to push away. And you know, right? Anyone who has struggled with, with obedience, you know. There are days you win, there are days you lose, and there are seasons where you keep losing. And so I was so broken, and that made me spiral from being in love with Jesus to just backsliding. And the first thing that I took away, took, out, took myself out of, was I took myself out of church. And I took myself out of you know, reading in the Bible, just took myself out. And I still remember I was like wandering, I was lost, and, I was, and, 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 and because, you, you, you know, I took myself out of church and I wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit by the time I was a new believer, then, then, then I, I felt like so much shame that I don't think God could love me. I took God's love out of my life and then I started looking for love. And I started, you know, looking for love and I... And I, and I, I you know, started dating my, you know, ex-girlfriend and now, anyway, 
And in that time, sorry, Pastor Cat knows all this, you know. And in that time, you know, like there was, you know, you're trying to, to, to find, you know, God loves you. You're pushing that away. And so you're not just pushing away God's love. Your obedience goes wonky. And in trying to replicate, trying to create my own version of love and acceptance that we can only get from God, you know, we, we end up just really messing up and, and just doing all sorts of things that we shouldn't. So I still remember, you know, from, from 11 years old getting saved to like eventually just backsliding, getting messed up and at 17 years old, just at a place where I'm like, oh man, I don't know what I'm doing. But thank God one day, I don't know why, but the Holy Spirit had the sense to somehow arrange for me to be, well, first of all, He took the relationship away. So I was crying, I was in so much pain. So I thought, you know, like I said, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in my, you know, I'm, I'm breaking down. So you go to your car boot and you take out the Holy Spirit. For me at the time was go to church camp. So I went to this church camp. Long story short, you know, I was revived. I gave my heart back. But not only that, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And what blew my mind was that I was at my dirtiest I felt at the time I was at my dirtiest, lowest moment then. And the Holy Spirit filled me. I'm like, God, you love me. I'm so disobedient, but you would still fill me. And God came in. And as the Holy Spirit came in, God's love came in. And I started going back to church. And it is through everything I'm teaching today, it is through, I'm practicing my own life. It is through the Holy Spirit. It is through the love of God. It is through the fellowship of the church and the inspiration of the church and the accountability of the church and the consistency of, of each other watching each other's back that I was able to walk out of that addiction. And until today, you know, I know this sounds controversial, but, but until today, I would, I, would, I would regard myself as, you know, a recovering addict. You know, I'm a, I'm a recovering addict to pornography. Not because I don't believe that God has set me free. He has. But I'm also not so proud. Because the thing is, sometimes you can go like, God has set me free. And then the pride of flesh takes over, thinking that, all right, Jesus, you've done your job. Now out you go. Back in the boot, back in the trunk with you, Holy Spirit. But I call myself recovering because I know that I can, the moment I stop depending on the Holy Spirit, I'm back in my habit again. And I know that I've got an issue with pride, so I'm not going to call myself, oh, I'm victorious. I'm victorious, but I'm recovering. And I'll recover for the rest of my life with the help of the Holy Spirit and the help of God's love. Do you know what got me out? The Holy Spirit, first of all, said, they don't. And every time, you know, whatever, you know, when I'm going through it, I feel tempted, the Holy Spirit said, come on, Dave, you're stronger than this. Come on, Dave, you can do it. But you know what's another motivator? That, 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 you know, helped me to not just push, oh, obey, oh, be pure. It's love. And beginning, how, God loves me so much. How can I do this and not crucify Christ again? I can't. He's already suffered enough for me. He's bled enough for me. I, I can't hurt Him. I've hurt Him enough. I can't, you know, He's loved me so much and I've hurt Him enough. I cannot hurt him again. What was that? That's love. Because when you love someone, you don't want to hurt them. Who loves and hurt at the same time? No. 
if you truly love, you don't want to hurt. God, you love me and I love you and I don't want to hurt you. You never hurt me and I don't want to hurt you. It might look like I'm missing out. The world tells me I'm missing out. But Lord, I know I'm not missing out and I don't want to hurt you. And it's also church. You know, and I I still remember when I joined Acts in the early days, I was still going through my challenges and I started talking to other brothers and sisters and no brothers specifically at the time. Don't, 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 you know, anyway. <laughs> and then I was like, and then some of them were so gracious to go like, yeah, you know, I, I you know, I, I, I used to struggle, but God has set me free. And they begin to share their testimony. And their testimony gives me inspiration to go like, wow, if God can do it in your life, He can do it in my life. And then as I begin to do church, I begin to love God's church and I begin to want to serve and I begin to go like, you know what, I want to see more people impacted with Christ. You know, God, I want to pray for more people so these hands must be clean. God, I want to, if I want to see anything, I want to see your vision. I want to see breakthrough in people. And how can I desire to see breakthrough in people if I don't guard my eyes? So you see, it's this, this beautiful alliance of the Holy Spirit, the love of God, and the fellowship of the saints that pulls me to obedience. So now obedience is no longer a push, it's a pull. You know, when, and, and, and it continues to today, when I come and I hear your testimonies, when I hear your breakthroughs, when I hear and see how God is at work in your life and how He has changed you, that motivates me to go like, I, I want to glorify you even more. God, you're moving in our church I don't want to do anything in my life that will stop that move. I want to help that move. I want to see more people set free. How, how can more people set free if, if I go back to my habits? So I refuse to go back to my habits because I want to see my brothers free. And I want to love them. I want to tell them that I love like how you love me. And Holy Spirit continue to nudge me, nudge me. Amen. So I pray, I know, friends, obedience is hard. But with the Holy Spirit's help, with Jesus' help, and the help of us as a church family, we can do it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that your word is living. And right now, I pray right now that you will help my brothers and sisters here. God, all of us, we have an area or areas in our life that we struggle to surrender, we struggle to obey. And God, running after more teaching will not help it. Running after more activity will not help it. Pushing ourselves will not help it. We need you. And so God, first of all, I pray for all my brothers and sisters, no matter what they're struggling in right now, no matter how big, how small, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, you just fill them afresh with you. If they've never been filled with the Holy Spirit before, I declare right now in the name of Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us. Baptize us again. Take away, cut away the chains of our past. And Lord, fill us with your love. Lord, fill us with your love. Remind us, Holy Spirit, It's the Holy Spirit who leads us to all truth. And the truth is this, you are loved by God. 
You are so loved by Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. If God would do that for you, there's nothing that He is nudging you to comply is against you. There's nothing that He's asking you or challenging you to do is to rob you. It's, it's none of that. It's so that you can have life and life to the full. He who would rather sacrifice His own Son than to see us hurt will never hurt you. And God, teach us to let our guards down. Teach us to unpack and let the church in. I sense that for some of us, we're walking around life in London and London's a very, you know, even before social distancing, it's a very isolated place and we walk around like we're tourists. We walk around living out of our suitcase. Maybe some of us, we've been here for some years, we're still living out of our suitcase. But God is saying, it's time to unpack. And the first place you need to unpack is your church. Let your guard down. Allow your home leaders to speak into your life. Allow your pastors to pray for you. Allow each other's victory to inspire you and to motivate you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, Thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.